Don't Do Podcast, where we optimize your human performance from my personal experience as an athlete, coach, and all-around self-improvement junkie. Welcome to the All Around Joe Podcast today, guys. It is episode 100, which is super fantastic. Made it to 100. You can get the show notes at allaroundjoe.com slash 100. Today on the podcast, I have a good friend of mine, Joe Ward. He came into my life through interning. So he contacted contacted me about interning at my CrossFit gym. And it was just a, such a fantastic experience that I want to have him on the podcast. And we talk about interning, we talk about CrossFit, we talk about different CrossFit gyms and philosophies and where the direction of where CrossFit is going. And at the very end, I have an actual giveaway since it's podcast number 100. So make sure that you hang around to the end to figure out how you can get some free stuff from me. But before I hop right into this podcast with Joe, I want to recognize a couple of my partners because it's how I continue to fund the podcast and keep moving forward. And I truly, truly believe in these partners and that you listening should look into using them yourself. The first is Perfect Amino from Body Health. Perfect Amino is how I keep my muscles recovering super fast. I highly recommend you check them out if you want to recover faster, you want to eliminate soreness or at least get as close as possible to eliminating soreness. And I've been taking Perfect Amino for a couple of years now. It's my secret weapon as far as recovering faster. So you can go to allaroundjoe.com slash perfectamino, and if you use the code allaroundjoe, you'll get yourself a discount. So check them out. Next up is WHOOP, that's W-H-O-O-P, Com. It is the always-on activity tracker that I have always on. And what it does is it helps hard chargers like myself know when I'm recovered or not recovered. It's tracking HRV. It's tracking constant heart rate. It's tracking the sleep performance that I have. And because of that, it's given me a recovery score every morning, which lets me know how hard I should be training that day. So it will allow me to train harder on days that I'm more recovered and it step back on days that I am less recovered. And because of that, in the long run, I get more gains faster rather than just pounding myself into the ground. So check out whoop, that's W-H-O-P.com. And if you use the code all around Joe, you get a hundred bucks off your whoop strap, which is a fantastic discount. So I hope you check out whoop. And lastly, Ecos, I-K-K-O-S, that's allaroundjoe.com slash I-K-K-O-S. And if you want to move like me, this is the coolest thing if you want to move better. It is virtual reality training. You put on a headset, you watch videos of me moving by going to my channel, and then you will start to take on my movement patterns in your own movement. It's fantastic. I've been using this for probably over a year now, and it's helped me to get myself to doing 15 muscle-ups in a row. I've PR'd my snatch recently, and I've been starting to use it in other movements as well. So it just takes a couple of minutes. You basically super internalize this visualization technique, and there are all kinds of people across all kinds of different sports who are helping, and this is helping them learn faster. So check out my channel, allaroundjoe.com slash I-K-K-O-S, and there's something extra cool in there that if you do it, you can submit videos, and I can look at them and tell you where you need to improve. So those are the partners, and without further ado, I want to hop into this podcast with my good friend, Joe Ward, so I hope you enjoy the show. All right, the All Around Joe podcast. 
guess what? This is number 100 today. What? 100. And I'm excited to have my good friend, former intern, Joe Ward, straight from California. Look how tan he is. It's awesome. Oh, we're recording the video too. That's cool. We have video and audio. So <laughs> sometimes I, re- I post it, sometimes I forget. And it, cause it takes like an hour or 10 to get it up on YouTube. But uh, welcome, Joe. Thanks for being on the podcast. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited that we finally got to hook up and do this. Um, yeah, I can't believe it's episode 100. 100. Finally made it. And uh, if people stick around to the end, we're going to have a giveaway for them, which we will talk about later. So I figured that since we made it all the way to 100, I should probably give something away or... You know, yeah, if I knew if it was going to be episode 100, I would have got you like a cake or something. Uh, yeah, maybe a protein cake or something like that. That'd be good. <laughs> Some sort of like progenics PB smash protein cake. All egg whites and PB smash. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So jumping right in, let's uh, hear about like what, you know, who you are, where you're from, and then we'll get into talking about CrossFit. But let's let's... Can you tell people a little bit about yourself? I can. I can. You know, that's like a crazy question, though, because I come from a very unique background, a unique story. Um, From Southern California, went to Loyola Marymount University for my undergrad in Los Angeles, lived there for a couple years, moved to Florida right after I graduated to work for a nonprofit. Out there in Florida is where I actually found CrossFit. Um, over in the Orlando area. And then I actually went to Seattle to start my master's degree in a a leadership program. And then while I was working on my leadership program, I actually spent most of my time working on that degree from Los Angeles, flying back and forth every every other week for classes on Saturdays and Sundays. So I kind of cohabited Seattle and Los Angeles for about two and a half years. And then I ran out of classes to take on the weekend. So I finished up my master's degree up in Seattle this past year. And while I was up there, I wanted to make a solid effort to use my background in CrossFit, use my level one cert to become a better coach. And so I was kind of able to hit both heads of the nail by finding Stoneway CrossFit. That's how I met you and working there as an intern and as a coach while finishing my master's degree and that's how we kind of find me here right now so a very very uh well traveled individual who loves crossfit loves education with a unique background in nonprofits and crossfit (laughs) (laughs) all of the above (laughs) nice uh so Digging more into into the CrossFit side of things, like yeah, you mentioned like you mentioned when you got into CrossFit, but let's dig a little bit deeper there. Like, what, why CrossFit? Why did you get into it? What attracted you to it? And how did that whole evolution work? Yeah, so throughout probably my entire high school career and undergrad, I've always considered myself super into fitness, super athletic, um, very active. But I always had a little bit of a pushback to just the the global gym atmosphere. And I knew that like things like I read a lot of men's health, read a lot of men's fitness alongside my brother. Um, Basically, everything we knew 
was from the mainstream fitness world, mainstream fitness media per se. But it was while I was working in Florida that I heard about some friends that were working out at a CrossFit gym. They said something about this guy named Rich Froning and he's like the fittest man on earth. And this was like 2013. And so I think he had just won, I think his second or his third year in a row that the CrossFit games. And so I'd watched the CrossFit games. I visited my friend's CrossFit gym and it immediately stuck to me. I think because a, it fit my personality. Uh, I'm a maximizer. So if there's anything I can do to like decrease the amount of time I'm in the gym while optimizing the amount of results I get and seeing it affects my everyday life outside of the gym, I was all about it. So for CrossFit, learning that the workouts were usually 8 to 15 minutes long, um, total body everything, gets everything involved, the idea of functional fitness, functional movement. I was like, yes, I can see how a squat can transfer over to how I get up off of the toilet, how I get to, how I get off of a chair. I could see how all this stuff transfers into like carrying the groceries in on just one load. Like I could just see a lot of transferability. And for me, it was huge because I found myself spending less time in the gym while being more active outside of that gym. And I just felt like it made sense. Everything about it made sense. It wasn't using intense machines in a specific way. It wasn't using just TRX straps. It wasn't just uh, Pilates. I love that it was like a mixture of everything. And so I think I still describe to people now as like we do gymnastics, we do Olympic weightlifting, we do endurance training, we do the works, we prepare the whole idea of, of GPP. A general physical preparedness you can't really expect the unexpected and i love that idea of why specialize in one thing with fitness which is kind of the trend you see everything these days you know don't be good at all things specialize in one thing but crossfit kind of went against that grain in terms of prepare for everything to be thing yeah i'm with you that that was almost exactly the same thing that made me so interested in it because why not be a badass at everything? Yeah. Yeah. I, for some reason for me, I think the thing that always rubbed me the wrong way, especially because while I was doing my undergrad at Loyola Marymount University, I even was the student manager of the recreation center. So like I ran the recreation center. I ran a student. Sorry, I'm not sure if you still there. There we are. Yep. Gotcha. My stream of black. Um, I ran the recreation center, so I spent a lot of time around like college athletes and a lot of time around the fitness enthusiasts at the university I was at. And there was just something that just didn't sit right with me with, okay, some of these folks can bench press 300 pounds, but you, you put them on a track and they can't get away from a, a from a dog. <laughs> That's right. Like, you know what I mean? Like they can't sprint. They yeah. can't last that long. If you put these people in a pool, they're just going to sink. Like, <laughs> I, I, there's something about that atmosphere. I'm like, if you're really fit, I love the idea of being able to survive various fitness challenges because yep. the real world is not going to ask you to do a bicep curl in order to, to get out of a, <laughs> a bad situation. Or if you're in law enforcement, uh, a hammer 
football might not be the way to get over a fence or, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Little things like that. I love the idea that CrossFit kind of prepared people that like, these people can lift heavy. They can run fast. They can go for long periods of time. They can sprint. It just, it was super, super sexy in a way. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I completely agree. And what took you from loving CrossFit and doing that as a as a fitness regime for yourself to wanting to be a coach? Um, I think for me, I found myself more and more, the further I dug into CrossFit, the more enamored I was by the philosophies and the teaching style, the coaching style and the pedagogy. Uh, I think for a lot of CrossFit athletes, you know, you have, you have folks that try CrossFit. They're in love with the results they see. They love the lifestyle. They love what's super sexy about it. Um, but they don't really go super deep in terms of like the pedagogy, how we teach, why we teach what we teach. Um, and that's totally okay, um, depending on what your needs are and what you're looking for in a fitness regimen. But for me, I was always super curious. And so like I loved the way CrossFit programming is done i loved the i think I, at one point i looked up online and i saw like all education courses they have i looked at like what the, i looked at videos on youtube of what was it like at a level what was it like at a look at a level one um what are the things that they teach you particularly and i love the idea of if you can teach fitness in a way that impacts people holistically i think that that, that, that that's the, the word that really got at me was like it, it's a holistic approach to fitness that everything that you do inside of a crossfit gym the rewards are being able to live a healthier happier life outside of that gym absolutely and i, I think i've seen like a numerous videos by chris spieler and matt chan and just like the way they coach it really got my eye and I was like, I want to know that stuff. Like I want to learn that stuff. I love, I love even learning right now as a coach, when people ask me like, why are you teaching us a sumo deadlift high pull? What is the, what is the purpose of this? And, you know, being able to explain to them like core to extremity and how to transfer energy from the hips to the upper body, controlling an external object. Um, that's all stuff that I feel like I wouldn't necessarily need as an athlete um, but as a coach, I love being able to explain that. I love being able to see that. And yep. so it was really when I went to my level one back in 2015 uh, that I knew I was and wanted to coach for as long as I could. Um, even I think especially a lot of my friends, I'm not one person that normally gets sick very often. And I think the the specific portion of the level one where they talk about the sickness wellness continuum mm -hmm. that really caught my eye too. Cause it made total sense to me in terms of like when we elevate our level of fitness, the recovery time when we do get sick is so much quicker. And like, I've seen that in certain people versus those with a lower fitness level when they get sick there, it takes them weeks to yes. finally be able to stand up again. Yeah. So I loved it from like a preventative health approach too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it, we, we don't need to get into this right now, but it, it's crazy to me, like how the insurance companies are not catching on to this. 
I mean, right? somebody yeah. in the medical profession needs to be catching on to this yeah, and, yeah. and taking note and lowering my premiums. That's what they Yeah, yeah. No, like, I love the work that Coach Glassman has done, especially with the soda industry right now. But I think especially early on when I really like latched on to my L1 and like I wanted to learn this stuff, I became a huge fan of Julie Fouché. Okay. Um, just as a CrossFit Games athlete, I thought she's a badass because she was working to become a doctor while being a CrossFit Games athlete. So, like, she to me was like that perfect bridge of like, please bring this to the health field, yeah. bring this into your career, change the way the we, we see healthcare right now. Like, I just I, I I'm super amazed with the work that she's done, and I've listened to a lot of her podcast also. Um, but yeah, I think that, that was the biggest thing also. It's like, if we can approach health and fitness from a preventative standpoint, coach Glassman says it all the time. Like we've been onto this secret in CrossFit, like the cure is in these gyms. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's totally, it, it, it's where hopefully everything is going and we're going to look yep. back in like 10 years or something like that and be like, wow, I can't believe that we didn't look at this and think about it earlier. Yeah, no, 100%. It's just, it's cool. And I talk to a lot of people still about it also, you know, with the ease of access with how many CrossFit gyms there are now, um, the ease of access with opening a CrossFit gym if you get your L1. Yes, there's a lot of pros and cons to that, but I think the pros far outweigh the cons when looking at it just from the preventative health aspect. Yeah. Like there are so many more people now that want to be healthy and active than there were 10, 15 years ago, I think. Oh, I completely agree. And I think that it's one of those things that you have to take into account that people may not have realized what it felt like to feel good. Yeah, and then no, when, I completely agree. You know, you take that, that CrossFit pill and you start to feel better and you're like, holy crap, this is, you know, my life is, everything's better I can't believe yeah, that, I, that I went through this, you know, not moving around and potentially, you know, depressive states and things like that. And I thought it was just normal, but it happened to yeah. be that I just wasn't healthy. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, when I worked in Florida, actually, the nonprofit I worked for, we dealt a lot with mental health work. And so a lot of it with the work I did there, you know, we, we aim to present hope for those struggling with depression, addiction, self-injury and suicide. But even like for me and my personal experience, with CrossFit, I see such a clear connection in terms of like so many people that I know that are healthier or that do invest into fitness as a priority in their life. It might not be the, the perfect one and all answer for avoiding depression, suicidal ideation or self-injury, but there's a dramatic decrease you know, in terms of self-image and self-confidence and the way you hold yourself and your relationships with other people are just a lot better. Yeah, yeah. And so it's just, it's crazy to me, but like I see it 100% in terms of the way it says in an elevated state of fitness can transform everything from a mental health aspect too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, uh, I want to like shift gears a little bit here and move on to uh, the interning side of things yes. so that people uh, can understand why you went that route. And uh, I, I believe that interning is one of the best ways of learning. So 
I want to have this podcast be for people that might want to learn more about CrossFit or something else in their life and use what you've done and what you can explain and, and teach to people um, to get to go down that path to be better. So sure. uh, what do you think makes a good intern to start with? What makes a good intern? As like what makes the... it, what makes it let, actually, let's start with why did you go the intern route? Number one. And then on number two, what do you think you're uh, like, what do you think? Who do, who do you have to be to be a good intern? Okay. Why'd you go intern route and who do you have to be as that intern uh, in order to get the most out of it? Okay. Um, why did I go the intern? I went the intern route because I knew that I wanted to find a way to just jump into the environment. I think I talked to a lot of folks about it before, not even just like with CrossFit, but with internships, internships in general are so valuable just because you get to surround yourself with so many people and such. Uh, it's more of an in-depth look at an environment. Like I think I've talked to people about like with even with the photography world, like people want to do photography, but some of them have never stepped foot in a photo studio. Some of them have never worked with another photographer before and being able to intern in that field, especially for me with CrossFit is I wanted to be able to be surrounded like all in 100% all the way up to my neck with people that knew the field, knew the coaching field, had a high coaching standard and knew what they were doing so that I could learn as much as possible. I think I've already said this before, but I value education so much from an internship standpoint, interning allows you a different sort of relationship to get more knowledge from others, I think, than any other. Because there's no, no, there's not necessarily a paid component there. There's not necessarily a job component there. It's uh, the intern walking into an environment saying, let me be of service and help as much as possible to make your life easier as a business. I'm asking for an exchange is knowledge. Right. And that I think is such a valuable relationship that especially right now our society overlooks a lot. Yeah. Uh, and be, just because of that, because I think when there's money involved or if there's a job on the line, a lot of that there, there there's, there's heightened, there's heightened pressures Mm-hmm. Um, to perform a certain way or act a certain way or ex- there's a lot of expectations right from an internship standpoint especially for me as an intern i wanted to gain as much as i could and i knew that that would come from uh what can i do for you <laughs> as like no matter what every single day i'm sure you heard me time and time again let me know if there's anything i can do and not even just from uh i wanted to capitalize on that but like just to always be able to offer as much as i feel like i'm receiving yeah yeah because i value the education so much i wanted my colleagues and my supervisor you um just to know how much i value just the conversations just the ability to help the ability to interact with clients Mm -hmm. um it's just it's a very it's a it's an invaluable setting for knowledge to be gained 
Yep. And for uh, from the from the vantage point of what do you need to be an intern is you have to be willing to be proactive. <laughs> I think is a huge thing. You have to be willing to be proactive, but to the extent of new of possible learning. Mm-hmm. I think if that makes any sense. So it's like constantly. I think what made my internship there at Stone Lake CrossFit so valuable is because literally after every single session or every single time I would help coach, you know, I'd go back and like, I, I had a journal um, just to like really write down stuff that really stuck with me or stuff that I had questions about. And then always being able to go back to those and like, have I answered those questions yet? Do I still have any uncertainties? Are there new opportunities in this environment for me to grow in these areas that either you as my supervisor have identified that I need more areas for, for growth or more areas that I want to grow in. Mm-hmm. So I think from an intern standpoint is you have to be proactive. Otherwise I've seen so many people before, especially from working in higher ed and being in, in college for, for eight years. <laughs> uh, I've seen so many people do internships and just skate through and not get anything out of it. So I do think it's so easy to do an internship and do it passively. Yeah. And that's yeah. the wrong way to do it. And I think that unfortunately that's how a lot of people in our society are doing internships they they look at them yeah they look at them as something they can put on their resume something that they need to get through rather than something that they need to immerse themselves in and take a learning experience or a learning uh perspective like you did and really get into it because it's so much easier to learn i believe from somebody else if you're in their environment and getting to learn from them so in a CrossFit environment, you can find yourself a good gym and you can have, let's say, 10 coaches or more yeah. that you get to absorb information from. Like you're oh, 100%. you're walking next to them. It's like, I don't, I don't even know of another environment that I could think of that would be that much learning opportunity. Yeah. But you have to put yourself, like you said, in that situation where you're like, I'm not doing this for the money necessarily. Maybe that will be a reward down the line. But, but it can't be the sole reason why I'm here because it will ex- affect everything. Exactly, exactly. And yeah. it, it's super important to to take that perspective on it. And I think yeah. that that answered the question, you know, why or what makes a good intern is, as well is that, you know, you have to be in that state of mind. You have to go into it with the education first. Um, I think, yeah, especially just while we're hashing it out here, I think the, if I'm really just to simplify that answer, it's really, you have to be very, very, very intentional Mm -hmm. with, with why you're doing the internship. Yeah. Because, because without that sort of intentionality, it does just become another thing you add on to May. It just becomes another thing that you did. But especially as I mentioned earlier, I'm a maximizer. So I see that then as a waste of time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, why am I doing it if, I, if it's just to put something on a resume? And so for me as a maximizer, like if I'm going to invest my time in something, I want it to be completely like 100% worth me investing the, the, the time into. And for me, that education piece was totally worth it. And so that's why I sought out as much as I could. Okay. Do you think that interning is right for everybody or do you think that there's a certain scenario you should be in? Um, that's a good question. I think it depends on the field. Okay. I know some folks that are very 
self-made, learn by their mistakes, keep trekking along, solo entrepreneur mindset, um, able to succeed. But I think it definitely takes a, if you, if your goal is to succeed in a people focused environment, you have to understand how to work with those types of people. And I think that kind of knowledge is invaluable. Like I couldn't say for like, there's no way I could ever say that I would want to be a great CrossFit coach, but I'm going to get all that experience without working with people at a CrossFit gym. Right. Right. So I think if if it's a field that requires unique type of interaction setting, um, 100% learn. Um, but uh, I think here's where I'm going to, I'm going to veer off of, just a little bit on that question. I think internships necessarily aren't for everyone. I think apprenticeships and mentorships, everyone can benefit from 100%. Mm-hmm. So I think if we just take away the whole stereotypical um, structure we have of an internship and think of it more so through the lens of mentorship, I think everyone 100% can learn from having a mentor. Because sure. that person is in the field that they've, either the field that they've been in or the field that they want to go in, that person has has more years under their belt that you can learn from. You can avoid the mistakes that they hit. We can all learn from having a mentor, and I value mentorship. You and I have talked about that plenty of times. Mentorship is invaluable, mm-hmm. for, and I think everyone can, but everyone has to be open sure. to to having a mentor and being open to that relationship where I don't know what, what I don't know. Right. And some people don't have that approach or there is a strong pushback to that kind of approach. And I think that's where you see a lot of struggles. And, and for some folks, that's fine. That's how they have to learn. They have to make those mistakes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but for, for, for folks that, that want to grow in a field or grow as an individual in a certain type of way, in a certain type of context, I think mentorship is for everyone if they're willing to admit that they don't know what they don't know. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think that, that also going back to the mentor versus the internship thing is that the internship, you don't always have the situation where you can take six months and just do an internship. Sometimes you yep. either have to figure out how to make money on the side or yep. save up in order to just to not make money for that period of time. But with a mentorship, you can pretty much go in and out when you can. Uh, And it doesn't even have to be in person or even like you don't even, you know, I've had mentors that I just email with, you know? Oh, exactly. 100%. I'm really happy that you had mentioned that. I know a couple of people in the nonprofit world also where it's like they're doing their thing. They're working on a nonprofit venture, but they have a mentor in the field of the nonprofit world that may have already succeeded, that may be already at the top. Um, right. Like I know, like I said, when I worked at the nonprofit in Florida called Detroit Love in Our Arms, a lot of the staff there looked to other mentors in the nonprofit world, like Invisible Children and Charity Water and the Giving Keys. So it's like you can have met mentors in the same field, but you don't necessarily have to be in an internship. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so. What do you look for when trying to find a gym or in this case, since our conversation turned a little bit in a, a mentor? What am I looking for? Yeah. What do you, what do you, while I'm hunting? <laughs> if, if you are, if somebody listening to this is like, Oh crap, this is a great idea. 
I want to, I want to intern. I want to mentor. Um, what is, do you have a, a, a system that you've used? Um, yes and no. I would say the biggest thing is it's incredibly important. And, and I think you've even helped me with this after our internship was done, but it's incredibly important to list out whether it's on a hard, whether it's on an actual physical piece of paper or it's in your, in an app on your phone, like list out what are the things you're look, looking for exactly? What are the things that you need? How do you learn best? That's the other thing is everyone learns a totally different way. Some people yep. are super visual. Some people are super um, uh, hands-on. Um, you need to find a mentor or a supervisor or just individual that m- matches those needs. Because the last thing I think people can immediately feel like I, I, this person's amazing in, in this field. I want that person to be my mentor. They're so successful, blah, blah, blah. But then they meet that person and that person, for some reason, they lead best through uh, over the phone or they do interactions um, over email and they don't have a lot of physical one-on-one time with you. But you're a person that needs that physical one-on-one time. In that case, you've kind of set yourself up for first. You've set yourself up for failure immediately. Um, You have to know enough about yourself. How do you the best learn? And you need someone that can coach in that same type of way. Whether it's a coach, whether it's a mentor, you just want to make sure that you're able to actually maximize on that relationship. You can't just look at someone's resume and say, this is who I want to coach me. But if that person doesn't have time for you, (laughs) then you're just going to end up getting that person a whole bunch of coffee and never actually see them. Sure. And you want to make sure that it's like that. It's a good fit, right? You know, yeah, you want a good fit and you want to make sure that there's something you can provide also. I think that's the other thing is so the first thing on my list also always is just figure out what do I need right now from this relationship? What am I looking for? And then also when I do find a couple people that might fit that mold, okay, what are some things I can offer that meet their needs or their organization's needs so that it's not just a one way relationship. Right. You and I have talked about it time and time again. The biggest thing is relationships, relationships, relationships. We're relational human human beings. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like we've all been one person's just taking, 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 yeah. and it can be draining if no one is being, if that that taking is not being reciprocated or that right. pouring into is not being reciprocated. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Take and then also like the relationship thing is like I was like the bring up the communication thing is like just communicating you know it you you don't know what what people are thinking unless they say something yeah so it's like you know know, unfortunately it's 2017 but we still can't read each other's minds no we still can't so super (laughs) important and and even like when it comes to trying to find a mentor or an internship or whatever a lot of times people may think oh i this person has done so much that they're out of my league or I, you know, you may feel intimidated by that, but it never hurts to ask. I mean, you don't know if you ask, you know, Elon Musk to intern with him, if he, it maybe he's like, Oh crap, I was looking for an intern just like you. I mean, the worst thing that can happen is he says no. And then you say, tell all your friends, well, the first uh, internship I tried was with Elon Musk and 
Yeah, you know. no, for sure. And like, I, I, I did an internship with that nonprofit that I keep talking about in Florida before I started working there full time. And one of the best things that got drilled into me there was you cannot have if you do not ask. Right. It's like recognizing like you can have all these needs, but the only way, yes, you will not ever succeed if you just keep them all to yourself. You don't ask for them. Yeah. Like if you have needs, you have to ask for them to be met. And that goes for relationships. That goes for romantic relationships, all of the above. But I do have to say as a side note, um, speaking of Elon Musk, Mary Rose, my girlfriend followed you the other day on either Instagram or Twitter. And the next thing that popped up was like, oh, if you like All Around Joe, you must like Elon Musk. Of course. I mean, it makes sense. You <laughs> I know? just want to let you know you're doing something good. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. I was so like, really? Maybe, That's the next person that came up? <laughs> yeah, maybe I should talk to Elon and see you know, about that. You guys that. are in the same social media sphere, just so you're you know. Perfect, man. I'm going to have to figure out how I did that and I really do it about again. That. <laughs> so did she follow him then? I don't know. She just, <laughs> she just followed you. All right. Perfect. <laughs> Love it. So now that, now that you've gone through an internship, several of them actually, and at your, there's a point where you will continue to obviously continue to have mentors always. I know I, I will always have mentors, but what's next for you? Like now that you've gone through at least this CrossFit internship, yeah. I know that we've talked about it, but what, what is next for you? And like, what are your goals? What are you working towards right now? Well, uh, I got a new coaching job at a CrossFit gym over here in Lodi, California called another, another level CrossFit. Um, I think the biggest thing for me and what I've been looking for in this CrossFit career is just to really invest and pour into another CrossFit community with everything that I've learned. And with that being said, it's not even just I'm investing myself in this new community. I'm pouring into them as much as I can. I'm using everything that I've learned, but I'm also, I'm looking forward to continue my educational path with CrossFit as well. So definitely within the next uh, year or so, I'm hoping to get my L2 and my L3 three certifications, hopefully being a level three trainer. And there's a lot of specialty, specialty certifications as well that I'm looking at. Um, and I've talked to a couple people about it before. And yes, you don't need these certifications to coach in CrossFit. Um, but I've talked to people a lot about it before. And my goal with it all is I love just that educational piece. I love learning as much as possible. I want to be enmeshed in that environment specifically. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe a goal down the line will be to work for the L1 staff. Who knows? Um, I think definitely for right now, where I'm at is I'm really, really trying to give as much as I can from what I've learned. It's an interesting environment because once you – I forget who I was talking to about this the other day. Um, you can be stuck in the interning or being – in the interning – mentality where you're constantly okay i'm learning 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 and then you finally stick your head up out of the water and you're like oh shoot i know a lot <laughs> like i know a lot more than i expected or or i've learned so much that like why don't i actually try to use all this versus still trying to learn as much as possible and learn with a more hands-on approach i think for me that's happened a couple of times but especially here with 
CrossFit. Like I learned so much at Stoneway, so much from you and so much from all the coaches there and the athletes there that especially when I moved to this new place here in Northern California, every CrossFit gym I've walked into has been kind of a humbling experience with a, Oh shoot, I know so much. And in some cases I know more than these gyms that I'm walking into. And it's been a, it's been a process. I've told you before, but it took me a little bit over a week or so to figure out what CrossFit community here I wanted to involve myself with, what was a good fit. So I think for me right now, it's really a, it's a reflective time of recognizing how much I know and how much I've learned, but also, okay, now that I know all this, how can I maximize my output? How can Mm -hmm. I maximize what to give to the athletes in this area that might not have ever heard a coach talk like me that might not have ever heard a coach coach like me. Um, there's been a couple classes that, that I've coached, not just at the box that I'm at now, but at a couple of other CrossFit gyms when they were kind of trying me out and I was trying them out. Some of them are not used to the amount of attention that I give them or the attention that I'm, my eyes are on them the entire wad or my eyes are on them the entire strength segment. And so it's been interesting to recognize that like I, at one point in your internship, you realize that you've learned so much that it's time to really reverse the, those gears. Maybe take on a couple of interns yourself, <laughs> yeah, and just really continue this this cycle of learning. And so, who knows what's down the line for me? But right now, all I know is I'm trying to trying to use everything I've learned, and hopefully, maybe down the line, be on the L1 staff. We'll see. Well, yeah, and the coolest thing is that what people don't realize a lot of times, the teacher is the one that is actually learning the most. So when you get to the point where you have enough information that you want to give back, yeah, then you teaching that information will solidify how well you know it even more. Like it's, yeah. it's nuts. You know, you get up in front of a room to teach people or you're teaching people one-on-one. You giving that information back to people is, it, it's somewhat selfish once you realize it, but you're learning even more <laughs> when being the teacher. Being the teacher. Completely agree. Yeah, no, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I've been taught how to do a handstand handstand push-up. I know how to do a handstand push-up. I know the mechanics. I know what I'm looking for as a judge. I know what I'm looking for as a coach. Um, I just recently got my handstand push-ups, and then I'm talking to an athlete, and, I, and I'm telling them everything I know. And all of a sudden, they're able to hit their first handstand push-up. And I'm like, oh, shoot, did I teach it that well? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I didn't think I knew that much. Uh-huh. But it's just, you're, you, I think we fall into the, the. I think, I've, I, I talked to someone about it a couple weeks ago, but it's like a, a sponge mentality. We're so used to just absorbing, 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 absorbing. We're taking everything in that we forget that we've taken so much in that it's actually time for us to let a little bit of it out. <laughs> like we can actually re- re- reiterate a, a, a lot of it and we have, to, we have to change that mentality from let me take in as much info to... I have a lot of info in here. Let me begin to put a little bit of it out there. Yep, absolutely. Otherwise, all of, just, all of the info is just going to sit in here. It's not going to do any good if I just... <laughs> <laughs> Got to get it out. Throw it up on it's some true. <laughs> yeah, no, I've talked to you about that before. It's like how, how, what good does it do if you're the smartest person in the world, but you don't talk to anyone? Amen. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think that's something that's like been ingrained with me, especially through grad school program is just the idea of to advance the common good, to advance where we're at in the world, to advance the 
communities that we're involved in, we have to be willing to speak the voice that we've been given. We have to be yep. able to share share all the knowledge that we've learned. Because, um, for instance, I think like all the stuff that I've learned with you and stuff that I learned in Seattle while I was up there, there's a high, high, high probability that the people I interact with here in Northern California have never heard the same things spoken the exact same way. Mm-hmm. And so it's like recognizing that idea of you never know what the people around you don't know also. Like it could be perfectly natural for you because you surround yourself with the same like-minded individuals, but that doesn't mean that these people around you can't benefit from what you have to offer or what you've learned years ago. For sure. For sure. For sure. Love it, Joe. Um, What to just have a couple more questions for you. Don't want to keep no it all day, but, um, and then we'll do a giveaway. You and I talk all day and I know you know that. <laughs> I know, I know we can. This is great. Um, I wanted to ask you though, kind of an interesting question. Um, yeah. how do you feel about the direction that CrossFit is going? And do you feel like there's anything that they could change to improve? Such a good question. And I feel like I've heard this sort of a question addressed in a number of different CrossFit podcasts that I've been listening to. Um, I think obviously the past 10, 15 years have been tremendous. Like even if you just look at the evolution of the CrossFit games, you look at the growing number of CrossFit affiliates every single day. Um, if anyone looks to sign up for a level, a level one certification course right now, 90% of them have a wait list. Right. Like it's growing. It, it's, it's, it's exponential. And I think that massive growth is happening very organically in both directions and both directions mean good and bad. Right. Um, I think obviously that comes with everything. So I, I feel like it's a, it's a, it's a very healthy growth, but it's something that they have to be very, we, we I mean, being a part of CrossFit and, and the CrossFit scene have to be very cautious of because, you know, I've talked to people even just here in Northern California and where I'm at right now, you know, they hear about the CrossFit games. Like it's the first thing they hear, especially because, you know, now it's getting on like ESPN, it's on CBS. People are talking about it. And, you know, as, as, CrossFit games are, you, you and I know as well as so many other people that it's just like 0.0001% of the entire CrossFit community. But with that sort of growth, I have seen and I do think CrossFit, the organization, does a good job of recognizing that. And I feel like they are more intentional now, more than ever before, with their training, with their pedagogy, with the education that they put out there. I think Nicole Carroll, who's in charge of certifications and training at CrossFit HQ, I've followed her resume for the past couple of years, and she's just done an incredible job. And I think she was on a recent podcast with Julie Fouché, and so much of her job as the, the head of training and certifications over the past year has evolved into how do we maintain the integrity of the culture mm-hmm. and that i think is huge yeah. and I, I i feel like if you ask anyone at crossfit hq 
six, seven, eight years ago, that wasn't a primary focus. Sure. You know, the primary focus was growth. The primary focus was get as many affiliates as we can, help as many people as we can, grow this preventative health aspect. Um, but I love that her 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 shift from the how do we preserve the integrity of the culture? Mm-hmm. And that you take that statement alone, and I think that's the statement you see at the core of so many organizations that grow at a rapid pace that continue to do really good things. Yeah. Uh, whether you look at Apple or you look at any, any, any sort of macro level organization right now, that's still, you can tell they have good people involved. Yeah. Like yeah. that is something that they, they, they have that good culture because the culture is, is a primary focus point. So, I mean, like even right now, the reason why I'm kind of going on, on this long rant is because I feel like CrossFit is continuing to grow at a rapid pace, but I'm very impressed with their focus on at this rapid pace, how do we continue to tell people what we're all about? How do we continue to tell people that the CrossFit Games is that point zero 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 one percent I mean, if you, if you watch the CrossFit Games this year, they also had so many advertisements about like CrossFit Kids Coaches. Yeah. About, you know, like, what is it like to have a 70-year-old in your gym do their first burpee? Like, they do a really good job, I think, right now, of being intentional to show the non-games athletes. And I yeah. love that direction. Yeah. And so it's like that that direction is the direction, If regardless of where my career goes with CrossFit, that's the direction I want to continue to fuel. Sure. Um, if, I mean, I've told you before, I'm not the competitive type, <laughs> per se, um, and the games is sexy. The games is fun. Um, the games helps with the exposure. Uh, it gets more affiliates. Um, it grows. But what I love and I want to be a part of is helping to, if we can have this massive stage, being able to use that massive stage for, look at how this helps healthcare. Look at yeah. how, how this helps the elderly. Look at how this helps law enforcement. Look at how this helps kids not become obese. Like I would love to be able to help that voice of CrossFit as it continues to have this big platform. Sure. I know it was a long winded answer, but I think that's kind of where it's at right now. I, you know, I, I agree with you and I like the long winded answer and I, I wanted to like go back in and, and overemphasize the culture thing that you talked about and yeah. how that is so important in that uh, all of us, I know that I can say for myself is that CrossFit, you know, as a fitness program was attractive to me, but, and it, and it still is like, you know, this awesome program, but fi- that was probably only 50% of the equation. The other 50% was that it was a culture of people yeah. that were like-minded and just really wanted to get better and help each yeah. other to do that. You know, it's just, and you can walk into a CrossFit gym anywhere in the world and you can know whether or not they're, they're owning up to that culture. Yeah, no, completely agree. And I think you and I even briefly touched upon this on my, on my way out towards the end of my internship, but like part of the reason why I was so excited to be able to intern with, with you in that environment during the end of my master's program was because you know looking at leadership through the lens of how do we foster community 
Mm-hmm. Well, how do we foster atmospheres in which people are able to become the best versions of who they are? How do we foster communities of inclusivity? And I think one of the other things also is CrossFit does a really good job. You know, it gets that, that bad vibe of CrossFit's a cult, CrossFit, uh, blah, 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 blah. But it's like if you are defining cult as a culture that encourages people to be the best versions of themselves, then yes, I will drink that Kool-Aid every <laughs> single day. Yep. Um, but like especially this past year, obviously 2017 has been a, a crazy year for our country. It's been a crazy year for the whole for the whole world, but at at the very root of it all, from the perspective of CrossFit, I've seen hands-on, like with my own two eyes, in a CrossFit box, the way in which the culture fostered in a CrossFit gym, the positivity, the inclusivity, the the like-mindedness for just wanting to be a little bit better has surpassed ethnic lines, has surpassed religious lines has surpassed the color of people's skin. You have people in a CrossFit box that they come together just to, whether it's just to get that workout in or just to escape what's ever happening in the outside world, what's ever happening at work. Um, people walk into a CrossFit gym and you know them by the amount of effort that they're willing to put in, not by their job title, right. not by their income. And I, I think that's a huge culture piece. I'm really happy that you mentioned as well, especially with 2017. Like I said, I've seen people of all d- different race backgrounds, people of all different religious backgrounds. Like regardless, when we're all doing the same workout and we're all high-fiving at the end and we're all like pushing each other at the end, you can't tell me that that doesn't transfer t- t- to the outside world. Oh, yeah. Yep. And and, and the, the question is, how can we have more of that in the outside world how can we exactly yep you know how can we be in a classroom and high five each other and work together and you know have that same feeling i don't know what the answer to that is but if we can figure out how to have the culture of crossfit in more places in our lives i guarantee the world will be better oh 100 percent. and like i said especially like coming from the perspective of my master's program I, i i would bring that kind of info back into all of my classes and people will be like, wow, your CrossFit gym sounds more inclusive and welcoming than my church. And I'm just like, that's the kind of stuff, you know, like it's, it's not even a, a religious thing. It's not even a, a, a political thing. It's a, how do we foster communities around shared goals mm-hmm. that bring everyone together to recognize that nothing else is going to push us apart. Absolutely. But yeah, there's definitely something there, just like with the whole healthcare aspect. Yep. That's why I was definitely drawn 100% to like that, that culture piece. For sure. For sure. I think that was, that was just awesome. The whole thing, like if, if people don't get something out of that, then, you know, you probably listen to the wrong podcast. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I want to, you know, start wrapping up here, Joe. I don't, I want to yeah. get you going in the rest of your day. Um, no one, one last question for you. Um, what are one to three books that you most often recommend others to read? <sighs> one to three books. You should have asked me to prepare for this one ahead of time. <laughs> I got a lot of books, a lot of books, not a lot of CrossFit books though per se. Um, obviously, yeah, like I said, not a lot of CrossFit books per se, but 
the first book I would say um, is called Between Heaven and Mirth. It is, it is a book by a Catholic Jesuit priest, and it's one, it's one of the top books I always recommend, folks, whether you're, whether you're spiritual, whether you're religious or not, whether you're Catholic or not, Between Heaven and Mirth, um, it's, it's a valuable book that looks at the role of joy and humor and laughter in a healthy spiritual life. All so, right. like, regardless of the God you believe in, or if you believe in a God, recognizing the core of, like, how joy, humor, and laughter play a vital role to living a healthy life. Nice. It's just this whole aspect. It, it, it's just fantastic. It's one of those things that really, really altered the way I look at things. You know, we, a lot of us focus so much on how do I live a purposeful life? How do I leave a legacy? How do I do something that's meaningful in this world? that we often forget that like we have to laugh <laughs> like not everything is super like you know what i mean like you've been around people before that are so serious about their goals so serious about their ambitions right now and then like when was the last time you told a joke yeah <laughs> recognizing like how do you even that out <laughs> sure so that's a book that i always i always end up going back to um another one I just all my books are upstairs right now. It's just funny that you asked me that because literally every time I move, I've moved like five times in the past six years. The heaviest boxes are I always have like three boxes of books that I carry with me everywhere I go. Nice, um, but they're all upstairs. There's just so many of them. I think another one would be Outliers okay. by Malcolm Gladwell. Yep. Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. I think that one's a really, really fantastic one, primarily especially because that focuses so, so much. You know, we look at these elite individuals in the world, whether it's Steve Jobs or Bill Gates or Elon Musk even. Um, that was a good book for me to recognize, like, hey, what are the other factors? Yeah, <laughs> like, sure. How come there can be so many people that have that same drive, but what are the things that really, really help someone, quote-unquote, succeed? Like, it was just a really good book to recognize, like, how do you become an outlier? What are the outlier factors? Uh, it really, I think, humanizes success. Okay. Nice. I think is what that book does. And then another book, I think, especially just for the context of this podcast and where we're at, I haven't read it yet, but I know it's going to be good. Chasing Excellence by Ben Bergeron. Uh, I, I just, I, I've listened to every single one of his books podcast and so i have a pretty good idea of what that book is going to be it's number one on my list right now to actually read um and i think it, it's actually something i've been wanting to talk to you about and see how you've been enjoying that book primarily because the first time i heard what the book was about i laughed because a lot of my leadership program and like the, the, the master's degree that i just did was focused on like how do we lead from a state of elevating people's self-awareness Mm-hmm. How do we how do we better understand who we are within the context of all the things that we do? Right. And I recognize that you can let me know if I'm if I'm right or wrong about a lot of what it seems like his book is on. A lot of what his podcasts are on is recognizing that whole character component. Mm-hmm. Like we yep. can be we, we can be an athlete, we can be an executive, we can do blah blah blah. But his character component rec- it 
it, re it resonates with me a lot in terms of self-awareness, like sure. being able to recognize who you are, what your values are, how do you react to stress, how can you prepare for upcoming incidents with stress, yep. and the way that allows for success to be an outcome of how you, how you actually live your everyday life. Absolutely. Well, one of the one of the largest quotes that, that my entire master's program in this leadership degree was how you how you live is how you lead, mm -hmm. and it's just, just this idea of how you live your everyday life directly impacts how you influence others. Sure. And if I'm willing to coach people a certain way, but I don't live up to that, <laughs> I don't know who I am. I don't know what my values are. I don't know why I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm not going to be a good coach. Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree. And one of the, the quotes that I've been using a lot lately is be the person that you want to see in others. So yeah. if you want to have others treat you a certain way, if you want to be treat, you know, if you want certain things to happen for you from other people, be that representation. Yeah. And then others will start to follow what you're, what you do, you know, it's like so simple as to like, I just, uh, a podcast I did recently was about like little things that you can do in your daily life that will have a ripple effect, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. picking up that piece of trash that's on the sidewalk yeah. when you walk by it and putting it you in the trash. Watching. You don't know who's watching, but if everybody has that habit, how much of a cleaner space are we going to live? How much happier are we going to feel about the yeah. space that we're in? You know. Um, avoiding tailgating how many people get pissed <laughs> off when someone is tailgating them right i mean yeah. it's it immediately will make people upset yeah. so number one it's safer yeah. and number two you're gonna keep people from having this quote-unquote road rage type of thing so yeah. your safety and you have this uh this making the world a better place thing. So, and yeah. this could go into like, you know, all kinds of different things. Oh, you know, 100%. Just... There's so much intersection here. And that's why I think, like I said, I've said time and time again, like I've been privileged by my internship than the how I met you and our relationship because I've been able to see so much inter intersectionality with like, yes, how you coach and versus your versus self-awareness. And even like I said, with 2017 and social justice and just what we're dealing with in this world, like even just hearing that or what you said right now, it's like, I know a good friend who's, who said a very similar thing. I think his name is Mahatma Gandhi. <laughs> Be the change you wish to see in the world. Right. So it's, like it's all this stuff that we've been saying time and time again, but we forget until like, we're able to actually see it happen, see it apply until it becomes yeah. very personal. Yep. We're like, oh shoot, <laughs> that guy was onto something. <laughs> yeah, for real, for real, for yeah. real. So uh, I want to wrap this thing up for you, Joe. Or, you know, I really appreciate you being here. Um, uh, and actually, um, one of the the gifts that Joe gave me, other than just his, his the biggest gift is the friendship that we have, but the he gave me the actual chasing excellence book um which i thought was the best gift he probably could have given me because the gift of knowledge of a good piece of knowledge to me is like the coolest thing ever that someone can can give yeah. and it just so happened even though he hasn't read the book yet yeah. <laughs> that it is 
probably one of the you know top 10 books I've read maybe ever. And the interesting thing about it is it because it is about being a better person, how to be a better person. For CrossFitters, they're going to really resonate with it because of the storyline that the book follows. So if you're not a CrossFitter, you may not be as excited about the book as Joe or myself because we understand the CrossFit games and how that works. But it's it can make anybody a better person just by the standards, just by the habits that someone like Ben Bergeron instills in his athletes himself and his family. So because of that, I want to give a copy of that book away on the hundredth episode to one of my, one of the listeners. And what it's going to be is just a random drawing, but you just know that if you, all you have to do to enter is either comment on this podcast. Just, I don't care what you say. If you say, enter me, um, you go to allaroundjoe.com slash 100 and you can find the show notes. You can comment. Or if you share this podcast on your Twitter or your Facebook or your favorite social media, all you have to do though is make sure and tag me in it, right? So tag the Joe Bauer athlete profile or Joe underscore Bauer on Twitter or all around Joe tag me somewhere sharing this thing and that will be an entry. You can enter as many times as you want to. I'm going to randomly draw the person uh, and then I'll send you that book because I feel like it's, it's been, you know, just a fantastic read. So I hope you guys appreciate that. I appreciate Joe being on the podcast here. Uh, Joe, if people want to um, contact you to have questions for you or drop in at your gym, how can they find you? Uh, if you need to contact me uh, or drop into my gym, I'm currently coaching at Another Level CrossFit here in Lodi, California. Um, most of my contact information is available online as well. I run a photography a photography business on the side. That's probably the easiest way to find all my contact info. Just go to joewardphoto.com. Go to the contact page. My email's there. Everything's all set. Um, or if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's board with three D's. Um, either way, very easy to find online, social media, either as a photographer or as a CrossFit trainer. Cool. Awesome, Joe. I really appreciate your, ta- appreciate your time. And we'll have to do this again soon. Please. All right. Have a good one, man. Hope you guys enjoyed that podcast interview. I always love talking with Joe. I'm sure I'll have him on the podcast again. But if you want to get that free book, The Chasing Excellence by Ben Bergeron, make sure that you tag me in a share of this podcast episode. All you have to do is type in allaroundjoe.com slash, I'm sorry, allaroundjoe.com slash 100. I almost forgot. I almost said 99. And I will make sure and enter you in the raffle. And if you win, I will contact you and I will ship you that book. So... Get on that, do that, and let me know if you have any questions. Oh, you can also just put a comment in the show notes here, and that will also enter you. So just make sure that I have your contact information for that, just in case you win. The All Around Joe Podcast, where we optimize your human performance from my personal experience as an athlete, coach, and all-around self-improvement junkie. I will see you on the next podcast.